Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to the You Do Woo podcast. I am excited for today's episode. This was a really special one because if you know me, you know my dogs are like my children. And I lost my sweet chocolate lab son, Ryder, a couple years ago on National Dog Day, August of 2020, which was a hard freaking year for many reasons for everybody. But losing him made it that much harder. And when I had this podcast recording with Lexi Patchen of White Flame Communications, um, she's an animal communicator. She can communicate with animals that are Earthside or have quote unquote crossed the rainbow bridge. And we were able to communicate not only with Ryder, now you hear Eula <laughs> standing right on the other side of the door listening in to me, but also Eula, our dog that's still alive. And it was such a special conversation. So we talk a lot about her gifts, what all she does, her different offerings that she has, but also the fact that like sort of anybody can do this and she teaches people how to do this. So if you're an animal person, definitely listen to this. If you know any animal rescue people or vets or people that work with animals on a daily basis, definitely forward this episode to them. They're going to want to connect with Lexi for sure. She's a wealth of knowledge. She's so gifted at what she does and it was Truly a honor to have her on the podcast and also to have these sweet conversations with my babies. Anyways, so listen in. I hope you love it. And also just a little announcement. I have two spots open in October for private coaching. If you're waiting for an invitation or waiting to respond to this type of just one-on-one intense, intense in a good way, like deep dive into your chart, into all your superpowers, into applying it to your business, applying it to your offer suites, exposure strategy, social media, all of the things. I have a two-week option and a five-week option available, and you get a lot of fun perks along with that, as well as just straight 24-7 access to me over those weeks. So reach out on DM on Instagram if that is something that sounds fun to you before the two spots get taken. And I will see you on the other side of this episode. We're recording this during Mercury retrograde and it's fun times. I am thankful that you're tuning back into the You Do Woo podcast. This is Allison Cullen, your host, and I have the lovely Miss Lexi Patchen joining us today. Lexi, welcome to the You Do Woo podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I'm really excited. Lexi is one of my private clients. She's in the New Paradigm Mastermind. And I was having like a little uh, moment this morning, just in my gratitude rampage of the different women that are in my world right now. I've always had amazing women in my communities and everything, but like, I love business coaching and all that. And obviously I love the woo woo Mm -hmm. side of everything, but I feel like I've attracted the most amazing and really, I don't know, just like you're, you're technically a healer and have special gifts, but like just really gifted women in the spiritual world. And I'm grateful for that just to be in your presence all the time, but also just for everybody to hear from you. So Lexi is an animal communicator and she's going to be showing you her abilities during today's episode. We're actually going to communicate with my dog who is alive on the planet right now in this, (laughs) in this house. And then 
my dog Ryder, who passed away a couple of years ago, which I've never tried communicating with him since he left his chocolate lab body. So yeah. I'm like a little bit nervous. And it's so I was telling Lexi before we started recording, I was like, today is definitely the day we were supposed to record. I have <laughs> had like encounters with like 11 different species of animals before 8 a.m. today. And I have, no. I, I keep pulling yeah. caterpillars off of my body. Like they, I was taking a walk this morning and I think like 20 of them fell on me and they keep coming off and I ha keep having to run outside and put them in the grass, which is what I should do. Right. Where I'm like, where do I need to go put them? Just put them back in a leaf somewhere. They'll, they'll find their way. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, you'll notice all the synchronicities when I think just in general, when people come together, especially with the, the animal stuff that I do, um, I do notice a lot a lot of animal synchronicities happen. So it's really cool that you saw, you know, I think you were saying a woodpecker and like, uh, you saw a cat run by your porch that was random. And yeah, a cat was like sneaking around in our backyard, which they usually don't come in our backyard because we have a dog. So I was like, what are you doing? It was so pretty, just like prancing around. Like it was probably hunting or something. And then a lizard doing its little, like whatever, the red thing coming out of their throat. You know, the lizards when they no. do a little, okay. So they're trying I mean, to the lizard. Are you talking about <laughs> it was, it's a regular old Texas lizard, you know, the, okay. or maybe it's a chameleon, whatever kind, when you hold them, they turn Brown, you know, they're like, green. I'm gonna, you know what? I don't have a lot of lizards in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. We have lots of lizards here. So a lizard was out there squirrels, but we have squirrels every day. And then grasshoppers were all over my backyard this morning when I was like walking around grounding. So well, you'll have to later look up the meaning and the symbolism for that because no, there's no. a lot of significant meaning that can come from those. I think, you know, when I, I, see, I saw a woodpecker before I left for this trip to Utah mm -hmm. and I was like, that was pretty significant because they are not usually around. And I've had some really odd encounters like that, you know, just sitting in my backyard and a, a falcon landed on my fence like 10 feet away and just stared at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So having those experiences to be able to talk with them and just say hi is just so exciting. It is so cool. So my husband has encounters with owls. He's a night owl um, and he loves sitting out in the backyard and um, having phone conversations or just chilling or whatever. And he's several times been yeah. just like sitting there and this huge owl will come and just stare at him. And then oh. the day that we found out that we were pregnant that morning, even before I had gone in and taken the pregnancy test, there was a baby woodpecker and <laughs> mommy pecking on the tree above me. And I like went in and took a pregnancy test. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I was like, this is Caroline's spirit. And you know, I, we didn't yeah. know if it was a girl or boy then, but this is our daughter's spirit animal. Animal guide. I love that. Yes. Anyways. So, okay. I have many, many questions for you. And then I'm super excited about, what do you call it? Like a communication session, a reading? What do you call it? Um, animal communication, reading session. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, I mean, there's a lot of words with lots of meanings and I think just whatever feels right. I think yeah. session is more like it. I think when people hear reading I don't know. Session seems like it's more interactive, which yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Session. There go. <laughs> I did. But will you share a little bit about you when you knew that you had this gift and then what you did to sort of nurture it and then to mm -hmm. create it into your current career? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been a wild ride. I honestly can't remember the first time that I felt really, really aware of animals specifically because I have just been with them and connected them since day one. Um, I think most of it started when I was really young and I went to um, learn how to ride horses for the first time. Like I was super into horses all the way through college and everything. That's what I went to school for animal science and training. And so, but it all started with talking and communicating in a very human-like, non-intuitive way with the horses, you know, learning everything about them, their behaviors, the training, the riding styles, and who they are as individuals. And then I think that was around like 10 years old that I really was riding a lot. And then it developed from there. It just was always really, really natural for me. A lot of things came super quick 
And I always kind of knew what the horse was thinking and feeling. And a lot of that, you know, could come off of their body language, but I felt like it was super, it, it felt very unique. And a lot of people around me had a connection with them, but it wasn't the same. It didn't mirror my own. So eventually when I went to college for equine management and training and all that, and I had done some internships in other states for riding and training horses, like it just all clicked into, okay, I need to be with the animals, like all of them, (laughs) any species, I love them. And then in the last, I think it was my second to last year of college or my last year. And I had this very, very challenging semester where I think a lot of people have like called it dark night of the soul, where you're just going through all of the shadow stuff and just everything seems really challenging. And that was where I kind of had this this mini epiphany of like, okay, something's going on here. I've ignored certain things um, about myself, about my gifts, not specifically knowing. It was honestly such a low point that I was like looking for answers outside of myself. And, you know, coming full circle, you realize, okay, it's all within. Everything is within. Eyes within is what you, you know, you find your answers. And so, you know, you find your own guidance. Um, And so when I started um, trying to explore how to fix things for myself, I had a Reiki session and I'm (laughs) so embarrassing. I'm like, I go into the room and it was just someone very familiar to me. Um, She was a Reiki master and uh, a relative of mine, but I walk in her room and I immediately get on the table and I got on the table backwards. (laughs) So my feet are like, like, it was embarrassing. And I was so out of it. I just needed... I just needed to get some some information. Um, but I'm lying on the table and she we're, you know, the session's happening. And I was so vividly seeing all of these animals. And they were talking with like it was just wild. They were talking with me. There was images going on. And I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more than just my feeling I've always had as a kid of like sensing energy. Like this is more. Um, and I went into learning more about that and about my intuition. And then I stumbled across an article that was like, oh, this animal communicator, you know, talks to animals and blah, blah, blah. And I remember in the article, this woman said that she had its own spectacular gift and that she didn't think anyone else could do it. Mm -hmm. And my heart broke because I felt like this is the exact thing that I've been looking for. Like everything in my body was like, yes. But I was like, oh crap this is a dead end like what the heck do I do and then I kind of again kind of <laughs> it was just not the thing I wanted to hear because I just said always wanted and dreamed of talking with them and then I was looking more into like okay well I'm still curious like maybe I could ask her questions you know whatever I'll look into it and then I found another woman that was like everybody can do this mm-hmm. and I was like oh wait, why is this different? Everyone can do this. She's like, everybody can learn. And I was like, that sounds more my style. Let's go <laughs> go with that. I choose that answer. Um, and so I looked into, you know, books about animal communication and, and there was not a lot of resources out there for me to learn. There were, there really wasn't a lot. I had to really search, but there were a few books that I found that were actually really helpful. And I just, I just really taught myself And thankfully, the college that I was at had a lot of animals part of their agricultural program. So I would often go down to the farm and communicate with them and practice with them. And it's so funny because the first times that I would start talking with them, I was like, I was like, um, hi, so I'm trying to learn how to speak your language. Like, I was like, um, do you, are you willing to practice with me? And they'd always kind of be like, wait, what? Or they would be, oh, 100%, yeah. But some of them, you know, were like, wait, that's a thing? Because they had never talked to anyone else that knew about their own gifts like that, right? Their own skills. So I kind of cultivated it with them. Um, And so I talked to a lot of horses. I talked to my roommate's cat. Um, I talked to, you know, my dogs at home. I talked to squirrels on campus, you know. And I mean... I just tried to communicate with every single one I was doing. Um, and it came with a lot of learning lessons, but it was what I was meant to do, you know, any type of that. Um, and then eventually evolving that into talking with passed on pets. I mean, it's just been a wild ride, really. Um, Random question. Yeah. That when you're like, okay, I'm trying and learning to speak your language. Is it 
like an animal language or does it sound different depending on if it's a cat or a dog or a horse? Oh, so it's not like you have to learn a foreign language where yeah. the, the words translate like the, the, an apple is an apple. It sounds the same, you know, but the way they communicate, you know, we're communicating through energy, right. Telepathy. Okay. Um, it kind of sounds super person like, yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah. it is generally telepathy. And so when you communicate with them, I can communicate with animals from other countries and I have, and they sound, they, their voice is in English, like they're speaking in English and their words may be different. Like there may be some things that in another country, we don't really have that thing. Like I think one time there was um, an animal that was talking about a certain fruit that we didn't have locally. And I was trying to describe it and they were like, oh, yeah. so it's like they're their vocabulary may be different with the amount of things they have to talk about, but it sounds exactly like English. And so all the languages can translate through energy because it's just we're communicating through energy, right? Language is a very physical thing, at least different in the sense of, you know, languages versus telepathy. But yeah, the way you're describing it is almost like how I felt with my daughter when she was a newborn because they can't speak English yet, you know, and it's very telepathic, like any mom. Yeah, extremely. And that's in, you know, a lot of people are surprised that by that, but if you think about it, okay. So mothers communicating with their, their newborns or their children or just, you know, their, their children that can't maybe talk very fluently yet, their children still communicate. Right. I think moms know that. But the cool part is that the kids, the children also communicate with the animals Mm -hmm. because the children know the children you are like us as humans are innately wired to be able to communicate in this way. It's only over time where we start to forget it or there are limiting beliefs that we input on ourselves that it's not possible. Like early in my journey, when I heard, oh, from that one article, you can't do this, only certain people. Like that's a huge limiting belief that I took on preventing me from learning and remembering. But really, we're just remembering this skill. So puppies and, you know, the animals and kids talk together. Um, Often when I meet a baby, I can use the same animal animal communication telepathy type to talk with the baby. (laughs) It's really fun because it's like everyone has the, the skill. So it's not just specifically for animals, but yeah. yeah, it's also just conditioned out of us because, you oh. know, and I do my best not to condition these things out of my daughter. But it's like, I don't know, one time she was going trying to get you like Caroline was trying to get Eula to do something. And I wanted to be like, Eula doesn't understand you like she doesn't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, OK, I have to be careful about this, yeah. to, you know, to say yeah. it. in a certain Right. Way. Right. And I mean, in a way, yeah, she might not know what she's meaning right yeah. what caroline is thinking of trying yeah. to tell the, the dog but you know eula's gonna know yeah you know the true intentions and the feeling you know the the emotion that can be communicated is is so strong yeah. you know oh my gosh yeah. so the last the only time ever the only other time i've ever utilized an animal communicator um she was okay i she was not like i always say that it's really great to when you're working with somebody like this to have like a word of mouth reference, yeah, you know, yeah. um, get a so, connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this episode is a word of mouth reference. Cause you'll get to see <laughs> Lexi in action. But, um, I think I found this gal on like Yelp or something. And it was when writer, my chocolate lab was, he was in his last few weeks of life. I wasn't sure because he'd like have really tough times and then he'd bounce back and then go through tough times. And like labs can sometimes really lose the loss of their back legs. And so he was going in and out of that where he wasn't getting up. He was like pooping himself. And, and that's like, it's like such a hard time because like one day he's totally okay. And the next day he's not. And I'm like, okay, if I knew that you weren't going to have okay days, then we just, this is an easier decision, to, you know, and but it's so hard. I know. And when you, I talk to so many animals that are nearing death or that have passed on. And I have a lot, a lot of animal clients that I meet when they're in life, when they're in their body. And then when they transition out, you know, I still connect with them through that process. So it is, I understand it. It's a hugely, hugely emotional thing. Um, and I feel like I'm 
it's it's a huge important duty to me to be able to hold that space for that vulnerability and that for them for people to feel protected and safe to communicate with their animals and for me to help them facilitate that and go helping with that process I'm gonna get choked up because yeah, <laughs> I love every single one of them it's a tough thing to help an animal transition but because I help them transition and I see the other side of it and they they tell me so clearly what it's like over there and how they feel better and they're pain-free and they feel good it makes it a lot easier and so this relationship I have or this understanding of death is is kind of different um and so I do my best to help make that a comfortable process as much as I can but yeah it's I'm so sorry we had to experience that yeah. And the lady did a really great job of chatting with me and helping me feel better. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a couple of weeks before we ended up putting him down and she was just like, you know, I think he's holding on for you. And he wants, like, he wanted me to be ready for it. Cause I think that's, he was like, ready, but he wanted yeah. me to be ready. And um, no. it was it's crazy. one of the things is like, animals are so selfless that it's yeah. like, they're going through the most, horrible time I think of a lot of rescue animals that have really tricky pasts or you know these really um if they have a very violent end they do they think of their person like immediately all the time and they're like I just want them to be okay and there's a couple of reasons you know first they love you and they're selfless and they just they just have so much love to give but it's also because the the, the process of transitioning the death process is so natural for them like they often have questions sometimes if they're like a new soul and they're trans, you know, they're transitioning over. But generally the animals have such an understanding of the process that it's like changing clothes. Yeah. Really. You know, they're like, well, I'm ready to leave this physical body and it served its purpose. And I'm going to go maybe take a break before I grab a new one or, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's so natural to them. So I think that's just a huge reason why they're, so looking at us like <laughs> are they okay you know as we're sobbing in the corner grabbing them and hugging them they're like okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well yeah so that's the only time I've ever done this before and I don't know I so I don't have a lot of experience with it but like before you get into doing um a session for me for Eula and Ryder yeah what or some other instances that people might want to book a session for, not just the transitioning. What other situations do you have people that book with you for? A lot of different things, really anything. Um, I think some of the most common ones are if there's behavioral challenges or if there's um, animals that are in pain from a surgery or there's a big house move. Um, a lot of the times I help people learn themselves how to communicate with their own pets so that they can provide um, information and guidance to their pets, you know, separation anxiety. Um, a lot of the behavioral challenges are something that come up in a session. And I always make it very clear, like I'm not a medical professional. If, if your dog is in pain and there's a, you know, issue, they're not eating. Like I always recommend go to your local vet and get professional medical help, but I can explain to you where the pain is and what it feels like and what the animal is thinking of with, in regards to this pain. And also what they would like to do about it, you know, but I also help them figure out what to do in response. So like if there is a behavioral problem, a lot of the times it's a misunderstanding, like 100% of the time, (laughs) these things are misunderstandings because there's not a clear communication with their pet. And so help give guidance by like, let's say there is a, you know, I'll say (laughs) my sister's dog, my little nephew, golden retriever. (laughs) He's a very um, anxious boy when she is gone or she's working. Um, And he's young. And part of the separation anxiety is most of it actually is because he doesn't know where she's going or when she's going to return or she, you know, he's worried about her at work, right? She has a very um, physical, uh, you know, high risk job. So for him to not know, he's going to exhibit all these anxious feelings and these, you know, behaviors, and he just really can't get out of that energy. Um, And so some of the most basic things I can explain is talk to them, talk to your pets, right? And so yes, training isn't necessarily what I'm doing. It's more of communicate with them. And so in his, it's as simple as me going to him and be like, look, buddy, 
she's going to be home in 10 hours or you're going to hang out with us today at daycare with us, you know, and she'll be home. She knows she's leaving you. She will come pick you up. Or I say, you know, if she's gone for a couple of days, um, like I'm in Utah right now. And when I left my cat at home, I told her, I was like, okay, there's going to be 10 nights until I see you again, 10 sleeps, and then I'll be home. And I check in with her from a distance as well. Like, Hey, you doing good? Like, I'm still okay. Now there's five nights. Like, (laughs) so it's this communication that really helps ease that. But a lot of behavioral changes, um, a lot of questions about, um, are they in pain? Um, How are they feeling? Um, what do they think about this? Are they going to be okay for, if another pet comes into the home? We're moving. We're going on a trip. What do we do? Um, so it, it's really anything. Um, if you're looking into adopting a, a dog, you know, people contact me. Is this dog going to fit my family? Can you tell me something about this dog's past? A lot of rescue animals come to me to kind of help understand what their mindset is or what they've been through. And so I do, uh, I think there's kind of like a little niche there where like a lot of animals come to, a lot of animal owners come to figure out, okay, what has my pet been through before? And in that case, there's a lot of animals that have been through very traumatic things and it's kind of can be jarring to hear about. But um, that session is then for us to help them, the people in the animal kind of figure out what needs to be said so they can move forward. Um, So there's no pity being you know, given. And so, I mean, really anything, anything in regard, yeah, really anything. But the most of what I see is um, if there's behavioral challenges, if there's pain, if there's, um, I mean, that sounds so dark. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? No, I I (laughs) understand. It's a heavy thing. I mean, you're worried about your pets. You want them to be safe and happy and healthy. And I think that's just what everyone wants to know. So, you know, that's what I help them understand. We are... Eula Kate walk, started walking in and she never looks at the computer and she was looking at the computer like this. Yeah. Like, that? yeah. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah. They'll just walk in and be like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause last night I was watching the documentary on Netflix, how to change your mind. And it's all about psychedelics and psychedelics being used in therapy mm-hmm. and stuff. And the MDMA episode was really interesting. Cause it was talking about curing, like truly curing PTSD and getting to the root of what caused the trauma. And like in our human minds, we like sometimes push that down, push that down, push that down. You know what I mean? And for animals, it's not as much pushed down. It's still like living, living in their body. And just like, you can then help them communicate about the trauma, which then can help it be released. Exactly. Like, like everybody has trauma, big T or little T, all beings. Yeah. You know? And a lot of the times with animals that have had really rough histories, um, I can speak about my friend's cat, actually my cat's full sister. Um, She just had a very troubling past. She was, got pregnant with a litter under one year old. Mm -hmm. She was barely even a cat herself you know and she so she was having these kids and she's like I don't I can't do this like my body's too little I'm not a mom I'm a I'm a kitten still like it was just very traumatic for her and then she ended up you know not being able to have the kittens and um that whole experience she just didn't she was having trouble moving through that emotion and moving through that what what happened to her and she didn't know why it happened to her and so there was a lot of communication with her of just like okay what what's your confusion with this? Like, what can we do to help you? How can we honor the kittens that you lost? How can we help you through this? And really for her, you know, she gave us, I need time to, you know, just to be myself. I don't need forced affection. I don't want pity. I just want, you know, you to be consistently connecting with me to make sure that I'm handling these things right. Um, and she gets, you know, when other cats come by and see her through the window, she gets very, very bothered by it. Um, so one of the things to help her through that um, nervousness around other cats um, because of this traumatic past is making sure, you know, okay, we'll shut the blinds then if you're, you know, worried about her coming. You know, it, there's things for every animal that they usually know will help them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um Honestly, just having their people know about it and having their people move emotionally through it, right? When they first hear about how traumatic it can be, that themselves is is enough for the animals to be like, okay, well, you heard it. I talked to you. It's off my chest. And now we can all move on, (laughs) you know? 
that's, I mean, honestly, super, super useful. Well, to give everybody a little bit of a peek into what you do, let's mm-hmm. do a couple sessions. I told Lex, like, who should we do first? Should we do Ryder, who passed away a couple years ago, or Eula, who's right here on the couch? And she was like, well, we're just going to let them choose. Yeah. <laughs> Every time before a session, I always have the animals um, in my energy, like in my awareness, and they often try to come in before a scheduled time or something. And I'm like, no, you got to wait. You got you to, I know you're excited. And you have here. To share, but you have to wait. Um, and so if there's multiple animals in a session, um, which I can do, you know, a, multiple at a time, um, <laughs> they generally try to um, kindly fight for your, their first you know, chance at in the light. So um, yeah, let's see who comes through. I'll just let me, Make sure I connect real quick. Okay, yep. Eula wants to go first. Let's do her. Let's see. Um, now, first, generally in a session, I love to make sure um, we get um, anything that the pets want to talk about first. Often they'll come with things they already want to communicate with or about. And so I generally get like whatever they have to say. And more often than not, it's something that their people also are questioning or wondering about. So let me see if there's anything that she's immediately wanting to share. Um, okay, that's really random. Did she eat human food this morning? Because she's feeling really gassy. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> what did you feed her? My husband, my husband made a steak the other day, and I didn't want any of it. And so he gave the last little bit to her, but it was very fatty. I mean, she, I think she enjoyed it, but maybe not. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there must, I feel like there's some type of seasoning that she was like, yeah, that's making me 2D. So just be aware that if she does eat more steak in the future, any seasonings, steak seasons or garlic, I think garlic's the one that's sitting out right now, um, is going to make her tum tum a little upset, but she's not too worried about it. She's more like, just letting you know, don't, don't shame me for (laughs) for tooting because she, um, (laughs) she's like, I can't help it. (laughs) Let's see here. She is so sweet. Oh my gosh. She is kind of like the energy I get from her just right away is very, she feels pretty go with the flow. She's pretty chill and mellow with things. And um, she's sweet. She's just really sweet. Really sweet. I do feel she needs her own alone time. So if there's like a, you know, your, um, your kid is kind of grabbing on her. She's kind of giving you like the eyes, you know, the dog, your dog will look up at you and be like, oh my gosh, what is this? And she'll give you those eyes. Um, she might need some alone time. She might need some time just to like chill. She's wow. She's whipping through these. Okay. So she's also mentioning, um, your walks that you take with her. If it, I think you already do this, but she's saying she, she's confirming to you that she does not like walking in the middle of the day when it's the hottest. This will change when the season moves, but if it's early morning or evening, she feels a lot better. Um, something about her just like, she just feels like she's baking. But she also says, do you have like a pool she can go into? She's showing me water and stuff. We have a pool. It's like a stock tank pool. And Norm, like sometimes Cam will try to put her in and she acts like she doesn't want to go in. But maybe we need to do it without the child. Did you ever have a kiddie pool? Like a small, you know, those little plastic ones you can get for like eight bucks at the store. Yeah, those can, things. We have um, one at our other house, so I could probably bring it back. Okay. Having that available for her during the hot days, she might kind of like to explore that option. The stock tank to her feels very um, restricting, kind of like suffocating, just like she's like, I can't get in and out very easily. And they're not going to know when I can get out or when I want to. So I just don't want to do that. Okay. Um, it's kind of what she's thinking, but she does like the option of having the water on the hot days. Okay. <sighs> I didn't grab any tissues. Okay. She's um, kind of connecting in with Ryder. She's talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, she is aware that he's still around. She's letting you know that she does know that he's around. She acknowledges that. Did you have both of them at the same time? There seems, there feels like there's an overlap, but. Yeah, we did. She also has an older sister named Lou, who is a Mastiff, who she was a lot closer to, Uh who passed 
two years before Ryder passed. Okay. Yeah. All Eula knows is having her brother and sister. Like yeah. we adopted her when we already had two dogs. Mm-hmm. So the past two years have been sort of a lot with her being an only dog. Right. I don't know. I think she likes it. We almost adopted a dog like a year ago and it just didn't feel right with the two. Yeah. She, I'm just going to tell you, she's like not, not really ready for another dog to come in. She is enjoying, I think, just with the busyness of your life picking up, she says, is that she's plenty for you right now. And she gets all the attention and the the care that she needs with just being the only dog. But she is talking about Ryder. And she's saying this as like an overlap. So that makes sense that they were they were together um, for a little bit. But she's saying even if they weren't physically together for a little bit, there's still this connection between them as if he has been either mentoring her or guiding her for her to continue with you guys. Like there's this, like, it's almost like there's this line of dogs <laughs> that is like all meant and like they're, they're one of the, one of their purposes is to, to guide all of you um, in your home and your family, which comes as no surprise because a lot of animals will do that. Like animals that I've had, you know, continuously you know in a row they've always like sent each other and I'm like oh I love that but um they've also continued to to mentor I've had a lot of animals that will stay um in connection with the current animals you have in order to kind of guide them one crazy thing too is she's not a retriever she's uh, we think she's like she's like part pit part German short-haired pointer Mm -hmm. so she's a hunting dog but she doesn't retrieve Mm -hmm. things but Ryder was like, he was a lab. Yeah. He was obsessed with getting balls and bringing them yeah. back. And then the past few months, she's been wanting us to throw the ball to her and Aww. bring it back. She's 10. Like she's never done that before. Yeah. It's so crazy. So. Yeah. No, that when things, yeah. When things shift and move in the family with everyone, um, the dogs and stuff, it, uh, you'll notice that behaviors with a dog that you might have lost or a cat. I mean, this course, this goes to any animal. They'll start doing similar behaviors. Um, and it's a couple of reasons. Like one is that they've learned the behavior and they want to continue it because they know it brings you joy. Um, another reason is that there's a version of like communication that happens with the animal that has passed and they kind of utilize the the currently living pet in order to demonstrate those actions to make you remember them. Yeah. So one of my Rottweiler at home, she, uh, she's also do like a really random thing that I'm like, Oh, my retriever that passed two years ago or a year ago. Oh my gosh. It's been two years. Oh, geez. I've lost too many. At this point, it's not fun. Yeah, no, she'll start doing exercises that he does. And I'm like, that's okay. Hey, Hey, Hey buddy. Like, <laughs> um, and it's just another way of them reminding you. So I love that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. My husband will feel relieved. He was like worried. He was like, Eula's going to ask for another dog. And I was like, I don't know that no. she is. No, she's, she's kind of her own person. She just does not really, she doesn't want to deal with a puppy's energy. Yeah. She thinks another animal, um, like if you adopted another senior animal or adult animal, she'd be like, ugh, then they, I have to adjust to them. Yeah. And she's like, I'm already adjusting. Like, let's not add to it, she says. So, yeah, she feels good though. She she wants to be clear that she does understand what happened to Ryder. She knows the whole process. She's she was trying to help him, she says, but she couldn't do much because some of the pain that he was in, she's she was unable to take from him. Yeah. So she would help out by not eating his food, mm-hmm. you know, when she would normally want to, so he wouldn't have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Is what she's saying. And then you know, she would be a little bit more um, close to his side at moments where it felt like he needed a little bit more guidance. But she she does remember what it was like for him. She's like, yeah, there'd be spurts of pain that he was just not feeling very comfortable. And she was like, okay, well, let me see what I can do to help. So she was very caring um, to help him out with that. She feels really good. Honestly, she feels like there's not a lot right now that she's Stress or worry about her body herself. If I do like a quick body scan, feels um pretty good. Let me just go nose to tail. Have you cleaned her ears out recently? Probably need to. They're clean on the very outside, but there might be gunk on the inside. She's just 
showing me they're like a little weird if you did a little clean of them she'd feel a little bit more better um a little better uh, it's ears <laughs> she's so funny she's like other than the gas i feel fine yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she's pretty healthy for a 10 year old yeah, she feels really good i would not feel like energetically like she doesn't feel 10 at all yeah she feels really good yeah do you have any questions for her i mean i feel like i know all of the things like she me and my husband try to take turns on giving her alone time with us like at night like my husband's a night owl so he'll stay up and he takes her collar off and they just have snuggle sessions on the couch and then i get time with her in the morning or during the day if i'm working from home so good it all takes exactly what she needs. That's her whole thing. Yeah. She just loves that. Yeah. Oh, one question. Mm-hmm. Would she want be interested in sleeping in Caroline's room? <laughs> She's like, hell no. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no. Only because Caroline would be so distracted that she okay. wouldn't be able to sleep well. Okay. Neither it. of them would be. I was just um, thinking about that like- the other day and I was like, oh, I wonder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would, I think, would come when Caroline's a little older, just because I think she would just, <laughs> it sounds like if you were to put them both in a room, um, you would be so like, I can't get to sleep. Like, yeah. would you just, <laughs> yeah. she just sleep? Okay. Um, and then she would just be like, kind of grumpy, because she's like, she would be stuck in there. And she, yeah, no, she's not ready for that yet. She's, <laughs> she's like, um, let's put a stop right there. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I think that's all. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to talk to Ryder then? Are you ready for that? Yes. All right, Ryder. Come on down. (laughs) Okay. This might sound really random, but did he ever have a unique smell to him? I mean, he had a terrible, terrible breath because (laughs) like he would. Yeah. It's not a good smell. He would um, actually eat his own poop sometimes. <laughs> and so his teeth rotted. We had to remove so many teeth. But God. his hair smelled amazing. I, should, I guess I should have probably said yeah. this too. Um, when I communicate with animals, I get visuals and emotions and physical sensations. And they I hear them. Um, and so I had this visual of him like walking towards me like panting. But his mouth was just like dripping with drool and like hot breath. And I'm like, oh boy. And he's like, do they remember how I smell? like okay they're like no he's 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 saying he feels good he feels fresh he feels like a young pup um he does show up to me in an elderly age like he doesn't show up as a puppy to me he shows up as like when you when he was the best version of when you lost him like when he felt his best and the last day that you remember him feeling really good that's how he's showing up to me he is confirming that he um has been around Do you hear his paws on the floor ever? Like, do you hear him sometimes? You might mistake him for Eula sometimes if you think she's up walking. He's like, no, I've been around. But when he says, like, they might hear me, um, that could be, like, you hear him breathing or you just know that he's around. I think Caroline definitely notices him. She definitely does. I don't think she knows how to, like, he's saying she doesn't know how to interpret that. Like, I think she just is still wrapping her head around it. Because to to her, he's still around, mm-hmm. but he's not physically around. So I, I think she, he's in a lot of like pictures in our house and yeah. I have a coffee mug with him on it. And she'll always be like, that's writer, man. That's mommy's dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's so like, this is Eula. This is my dog. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No. See, so she knows he's around. Um, okay. He. He's sharing with me that he um, would like to, or if he hasn't already, he'd like to start coming more in dreams. Okay. Do you dream pretty or do you remember your dreams? I haven't very recently. Okay. But I know that's sort of an intentionality thing too. Yeah. 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 So if you want to remember your dreams or if you want to open that connection for your animals um, past and, and living to communicate with you through your dreams, it's, it's as simple as setting the intention before bed. Like, okay, I am intent, like any dream I have tonight that connects me with blank, A, B, or C, um, I would like to remember that. Mm-hmm. Or I only remember my dreams that hold significance. Mm-hmm. And that's one, or that I need to know the, the meaning of or whatever, because that's when I do. I dream very, very vividly. Um, and 
that's how animals purposely professionally in my own come and communicate with me. Um, that's how animals in the past have told me they're close to passing. <laughs> and so your dreams will be able to, you'll kind of remember certain things. Um, he'll, he's interested in doing that. I think he's kind of thinking of switching to that because I think for him, he's like, I'm around, I feel like I'm around pretty physically or you feel his energy around you. But I think he's like thinking more, there's more possibilities in the dream space is what he's saying. So yeah, if you're open to that, um, experiencing that, he's more than willing to share that with you. He does want you to, okay. So he wants you to know that when on the days when he would do, like you were mentioning the bounce back thing, Mm -hmm. he's saying that that was him really really trying to hold on for you like you were saying it i am confirming that that it was him um his body he was kind of like trying to jumpstart his body into remaining when his body was pretty ready to go he was really trying to to stick around um just to figure some things out okay this is really random did he have any weirdness with his toes is he missing a toe no or is he did not want his toes touched and he would um i mean i haven't heard it but i also like when i sleep i turn my sound machine on really loud but he taps like he will stand there tap 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 but he does not like his toes freaking touched okay because he's like (laughs) because he showed me like he was either like there's something with his nail like he had a sensitive toe or something and it prevented him from wanting his feet touched so you wouldn't have ever known about it I got him as a puppy and I tried to touch his toes and do like click, clip his nails and all that. And he like, wouldn't have it from the beginning. So we would literally have to go get his nails done. Yeah. He wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. He's just like, no, just don't. Didn't Mm -hmm. like the toes touched. Um, That's so silly. I love that. Yeah. Do you have any questions for him? I think all pets that have passed every single one I've, ever talked with um has said that they're pain-free the minute they cross over it's a very fast process it's seamless um it's like taking one breath here and then another breath there right i mean some of the myths you know you're going to see him again like it's not like he goes to a separate place or any animals go to like we are all go back to source energy whatever you want to call it um heaven source uh the starting point, anything, whatever, but we all will connect with them again. So yeah, I think that's a quick question. I was reading a little while ago, the spirit babies book, Mm -hmm. and I didn't utilize this whenever I was pregnant with Caroline and I wish I would have, and we're not trying necessarily, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm open to having a second kid and I'm not, but I also know that if it's not meant to be, it won't have, like, it's fine. Like I'm not like, attached to an outcome, which feels nice this time around. Cause the first time around <laughs> I was like, I'm having a child, ah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I've always had this like little idea of like, would he want to come back as yeah. our kid or is he just in spirit form now? And like having fun with that. I almost am like, I will have another kid if he wants to come back and as a human, but if yeah. He- I don't know. I'll be okay not having another kid. I know that's the weirdest, weirdest question. Yeah, no, it's not though, because um, I mean, you know, we, we're talking about talking with animals living in past, but animals have past lives. You know, they do. And that's what I do in the Akashic Records as well, as I connect with them and yeah, you know, we'll go through their past lives, um, past parallel, however you want to label it. They'll share a lot about what their intentions are, where they've been before, what lives they've had with you before. And, you know, that's something we can do in a session as well. But um, a lot of the times animals will want to come back, but they are either choosing another form, right? Whatever form serves the best, whatever form your animal is in right now or was in was the best form for them in that life. So it helped them serve their purpose. And so for him to come back, he, you know, he could choose anything. He could choose a horse. He could choose a ladybug. He could choose a person. He could choose whatever, Right. And so it's not an impossibility. Um, I think we should ask him because sometimes they like to spend time, you know, in spirit before they come, mostly for timing. I know time's really irrelevant, but in order for them to to come at the most 
divine timing, most opportune moment for you, they're going to want to um, to wait for that moment. So let's let's ask him what his intentions are. And I want to be clear too, like he's bringing up to you too. He's like, there has in order for someone to come back, person, animal, baby, any you know, there has to be an agreement, right? There has to be the consent of okay, I would like you as my child, not just this fear that he's going to come back in a body that you don't want him to come back in, right? Like if you didn't want a cat and you didn't want him to come back as a cat, that's something he's not going to purposely do unless it fits for you and it's a good way for him to um, reincarnate. But yeah, let's ask him what his intentions are. Are you, are you interested in three children? Oh God. I'm just asking only because he said like he would like to send a soul to you as a child. And then he's like, well, then after that, can I come if you would like me? Like he's saying to me that he is, honestly, I feel like there's a male energy, a masculine energy here and energetically that would like to be guided by him to you. Strange. Yeah. So the the mass and I'm sure have you felt the masculine energy around like that's something you've I have been told Well, here's the thing. I feel like my whole life I've been in masculine energy and I'm just now practicing feminine energy in the last no, year or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is bringing forth really healthy masculine energy from my yeah. husband and other people in my life that I haven't seen before you know? And the last time that I spoke with a gal that I work with, who is a psych, like an intuitive, a psychic, she was like, like, it was like a month ago. She was like, yeah, there's a uh, male baby soul around you right now. No, there is. He's confirming that just so you know, he would like to facilitate that. I don't think he, he doesn't want to be the first or the, I should say he doesn't want to be the next one to come into human form he really does enjoy animal form i'll just say that he does enjoy the dog form large dog form he's saying specifically yeah he really enjoyed the lab body but no he is he's he's really excited about this masculine energy coming forward but and i will say you know for you to balance your feminine and masculine like that's a lot of important work like that's a lot of self-discovery and everything and for you to I think be able to hold this, this masculine energy, this next baby or this next child. That's what he's kind of waiting for. He's like, this is like the opportune thing. And only because when you learn the masculine energy, um, the, the healthy balance of the masculine energy or how to establish that or embody that yourself and recognize it in others, that's when you can teach it. Yeah. Right. Because then you're, you know, you have that experience yourself or you've embodied it and you've lived it. So I feel like that is what kind of is the next thing for him to feel invited forward. So the one thing is he, okay, so let me just make sure he's clear with this. He's saying the reason that he would be second after this next child is because he would like to incarnate as a dog for that child. Okay. We can so, do that. Yeah. He's like, I want to come back. I just don't think it's going to be what you expected or what you thought or He's gonna. He's like, I'd like to be there again, but I think that he's really, really connected to this, this, this little baby spirit, um, this soul that would like to come forward. He's like, I, I wanted to be there for him. Like when he incarnates, I want to incarnate. Like we're gonna be together again. So that's what he, I'm feeling from him. What he's saying. So that's that's kind of beautiful. I love that. I do have a quick question. I know that you work with like your guides and everything, and this is probably something maybe for another podcast episode or people can connect with you on and work through. I am like at a point where I'm now calling in those guides to work with like on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yet. I don't know. Different people have like ancestors or ancestors, aliens or whoever. It's like, do you, can you have kid writer be one of my guides? Can writer. Yeah. Yeah. So your guides are, or your spiritual team, um, I like to say my spiritual team because that accompanies my whole group, my whole class. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, this is how they've laid it out for me. Family members and ancestors are not like if I lost, like I lost my grandma when I was younger. She's not necessarily my an, a guide, a spiritual guide for me. She is a 
a guide in the sense that she will be with me if I need her help and is an ancestor, but she has not been spiritually only in spirit since my birth. Like some of my other guides have only been like, they haven't, they don't have any need to incarnate again in a physical form. Like they are only, so there's a little bit of a difference there. I don't really, I don't think there's a lot of rules to it, honestly. (laughs) Like I've, kind of been on this whole thing of like, okay, when you learn something, you're told these rules of this is how it is. And I kind of just say, fuck that. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> so love it. my guides, yeah, my guides show up um, in very different ways and that's not the only way they can show up. So whatever I say, if it doesn't resonate, just it's not yours, but yeah. So he can definitely be one that you can continue facilitating a connection with in order to guide you and give you advice and, and help you learn all your own gifts and skills for sure. Definitely. hundred percent. Um, but he also, you know, you do have more also, you know yeah. what I mean? You have more yeah. than just him as well. So yeah. I love yeah. That. But you can definitely, he will definitely guide you. He's willing to, he is saying that like he's willing to give you guidance and experience those things with you. Um, and a lot of times our animals do that before we, we meet a guide that's a little bit, maybe someone we weren't ready to meet yet. You know, like some of my guys are like, they're pretty intense. Yeah. Like they're really intense. So, I mean, and, and I mean that way in personality and energy. And so when I wasn't ready to meet them and I wasn't on the path of like, okay, my body can actually handle this or my mind, I'm not going to spiral out of, you know, yeah. my animals were the main ones providing that guidance for me. So, oh my and my grandma, I would say, you know, those ancestors. So it's an evolution of sorts, yeah. but yeah, hundred percent able to help you and guide you. I love this so much. <laughs> um, okay. Two things, well, yeah. a few different things. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? I know you're on Instagram, but is there, I mean, mm-hmm. we can put this stuff in the show notes, but how do you prefer people connect? Yeah. I would just say my website is the biggest way. Um, There's all my information there. You can contact me on there. Um, of course, DMs through Instagram would be great too. Um, but I do have a contact form on my website. Yeah, that'd probably be the best. And then as far as your offerings, I know that you do a 45 minute session for mm-hmm. animal communication and then yep. you have a course. Tell us a little bit about both of those. Yeah. So the 45 minute animal communication session is really kind of your chance to ask any questions you want for your animals. We can talk to multiple animals, past or living. And I also give you a little bit of guidance on how to communicate with them yourselves, how to, how to, how to bridge the gap of those misunderstandings that happen that lead to those behavioral challenges and, you know, those, those issues. Um, And so, yeah, we just dive in for that. And it's just whatever you want to talk about, whatever they have on their mind, whatever you want to um, kind of get clarity on with them. Um, And then my course is um, an eight week course that, is basically helping you remember your own gifts because we all have these innate gifts. We all are able to connect with our animals. And so we cover anything from like respectful ethics and boundaries, when and where to use animal communication, how to ground and open um, to your own intuition, you know, you know, the active sending and receiving of uh, telepathic information, protecting your energy, creating a sacred space and opening and closing that and holding that. I mean, communicating with your own pet, body scanning, your pet's perfect purpose, your your shadow self, right? Your pet's shadow, talking with your pet about past parallel lives, healing trauma. I mean, we really, we really go into it. These yeah. eight weeks here, a lot of good things. We talk about animal phobias, um, reincarnation, behavioral challenges, and like illness and injury, if I haven't said that already. But there's a lot of information that, so there each week there is um, a class and then of those eight weeks, and then we will have a guided um, or a gathering with all of the students and with me. And so you're basically learning your own, your own gifts, um, because everyone is going to communicate with their animals differently. Um, it's not just for people who want to do this professionally, although you can do it mm-hmm. to become a professional in that sense. But really, I just want to help people understand how to, to communicate with themselves so they don't have to go and worry about things like that. I want them to be able to help their animals and make them feel safe and happy and um, content like we all want them to be. So 
Yeah. Don't you wish that all vets had to take your course? <laughs> I, I mean, that would be wild. Yeah. I mean, really, I have had some vet techs take it and they've found it very helpful. Thank goodness. Because I think that would be amazing to have the ability to first die. Like, cause I can, I'm not going to diagnose, but the yeah. vet in order to diagnose, you know, that's amazing. And yeah. I've talked, I have some friends that are all vets. Um, and when they have something like challenging, I'm always like, just listening to their stories, like, man, that's wild. Like, I would love for you to be able to tell what their pain is and, you know, yeah. able for them to tell you why it hurts or what they did or what did they eat and stuff like that. So yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh, well, I know a few vets and vet techs, so I'm going to be sure and send this episode yeah. to them. I think people who do rescue animals and would love to be able to know how their energy will influence the animals they help care for and how to help their animals feel more confident in order to feel their best to find their families and what kind of family they'd fit into when they talk, you know, when they're in that adoption process, trainers, dog trainers, animal horse trainers, all of them. Yeah. I really utilize it in every area of my life. (laughs) And pet owners, like if you own a pet, book a session. Well, and that's the thing. If you have a pet, let's learn to communicate with them. Like that's the whole, right. They're not like this inanimate object, right. They have personality and feelings and wants and desires. And they understand what you say, what you think, yeah. what you're, you know, you nicknamed them chub chub, you yeah. know, or huggy or whatever, you know, this, and they're like, mm, you want to know writer's nickname? What was it? Penis. <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> well, we called him peen. Well, he had a lot of nicknames weirdly, but um, yeah. Cause he had one. I don't know. Like it was the, sorry, this is like brought way weird, but he had like no hair on his tummy at all. Yeah. Like a bald tummy, except for the tip of his penis had like a little thing of brown chocolate <laughs> fur. And it was like the cutest thing ever. So we, like one of my friends made me a shirt with him on it. And on the back, it said peen. <laughs> Sorry, writer. I'm sorry. That was your nickname. I love that, though. If it made you laugh, I mean, that's, I love that. That's cute. Well, thank you so much for coming. I hope this was valuable to everybody listening. If you, if you don't have a pet and you're not into animals and whatever, thank you for making it to the end of this. I hope that it was fascinating (laughs) to you, but will you please share it with some of your friends who are pet owners? Because more we could talk about yeah. my goodness there's so much but well, it sounds like your course covers everything oh my gosh a lot yeah and I mean I went ham on that thing yeah. <laughs> I don't say so myself like it was birth this fantastic thing I'm so proud of so yeah and it's so cool because like walking into this the next few years and this this global shift we're walking into like the weird thing is is that well a I always say I'm like you can make a career out of literally anything, but I do think a lot like this is becoming a much more mainstream thing. And I but think that it's, yeah, no, I mean, the the fact that we can all do it, like that was the biggest thing. I mean, we, I'm in the course, we go through some of the limiting beliefs and like the mindset shifts that you need to happen in order for you to feel more connected with your gifts and just kind of work through those shadow aspects. But like one of them for me was, oh, I'm not special enough to do this, or this is something only you know, unique and crazy cool people do. I mean, I gotta toot my own horn and say I am pretty crazy cool. Yes. I consider yes. myself pretty fun. But <laughs> but in the beginning when I was learning this, I was like, no, that's like too out there. That's scary. What if people know what I'm gonna do? What if people hear this? You know, there's a part, there's an old part of Lexi that was like, what if people hear this podcast? What if people know I'm teaching this? What are they gonna think? Like that blocks our skills our innate ability to connect with nature in this way anyway i could go on forever but yeah no i love it i love it thank you for being a leader in this new paradigm and really helping people tap into those skills like i know anybody can do it but i do think you have a true gift and i know that you've worked a lot on honing that gift as well So, and thank you for helping other people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let me just say thank you to um, Eula and Ryder as well, because I love that they were able to share with us today and I really thank them and um, value them as well. So thank you guys.
Good. I love that. Spaces closed. Oh, they're so fun. I love it. So much, Lexi. I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes. Y'all, please go add Lexi on Instagram and also reach out to her for a reading. If you got lit up by hearing about that juicy course, she, that the link for that's going to be below too. And I know that a lot of y'all are going to want to dig into that. So yeah, you may be here to help these animals heal, right? <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.